Welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1, the boosters of courage. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I have given to them. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Amen. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to these people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from me to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall think about it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm sure you know the story. Joshua just came on board. Moses was dead. Moses was a big man of God. It was through him God parted the Red Sea. The plagues upon Egypt came through Moses. So it was a big deal that Joshua was taking over from Moses. And naturally, Joshua was afraid. He should be afraid, and he was afraid. But God spoke to him three times in about three verses that be strong and courageous. Say, be strong and courageous. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. You see, God hasn't called you to abandon you. When God called you and you answered the call of God, he won't abandon you halfway. He was telling Joshua, I would be with you. He had to persuade him. He told him, look, just be strong. All I just need from you is your strength and some courage. He told him three times. And God doesn't repeat himself. Once has God spoken, twice have I heard that power belongs to God. So by the time God is repeating something, that means it's important. So when God says, be strong and be courageous, it's because it is important. And to somebody here, God is asking me to tell you, be strong and be courageous in Jesus' mighty name. So in verses 6, 7, and 9, God said the same thing over and over to Joshua. And you may ask, why is it necessary to be strong? I title these boosters of courage because as a Christian, there's a measure of faith, there's a measure of courage you carry. What a booster comes to do is to enhance the performance of something. At some point in time, they told us to change everything in church to high definition. We bought a new software that works with high definition. We bought hardware. We bought even the screen is a high definition screen because they said they want to boost performance. And we spent so much money doing that. So a booster comes to boost. So when we say courage, yes, you have a measure of it. Amen? Because by the resident Holy Spirit within you, it's not the spirit of timidity. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. He hasn't called you to timidity. 
The spirit you carry is a courageous spirit. So there's a measure of the Holy Spirit. There's a measure of courage in you. But God is asking me to tell you, take your courage level to the next level. There's a next level of courage. Because if you don't go to the next level of courage, you will not be able to possess what God has in mind for you. He told Joshua the same thing. That be strong for you to go and possess. You need strength. You need courage. You see, many times we say, oh, the opposite of courage is fear. Yes, I agree. But in my own opinion, the opposite of courage is also discouragement. Because when you are not encouraged, you are discouraged. When you are not encouraged, you cannot take what God has in mind for you. In this time, you need courage. We all need courage. These are perilous times. You need courage to be a Christian. The Bible says towards the end of time, there will be so much persecution. So everyone is called, say, they will persecute us and you haven't seen anything yet. Now they are calling anyone who believes the Bible. They call us haters. Maybe you probably don't know that. Some people look at you as if you're a non-conformist, which is okay. But they now call you hater. They say you don't love. They say you're an hater. So you need courage even to stand as a Christian. You need courage in the marketplace. You need courage to navigate life. I mean, life happens. It doesn't matter how where you pray, life happens. Believe me, adversity can come. And when adversity comes, you need some courage. Satan can come and invade your territory. For you to tell Satan to get out of your life, you need courage. To stand up to the enemy, you need courage. So courage is necessary. These guys were at the brink of destiny. They were just about to just cross Jordan to the promised land. And God spoke to the leader, you must be courageous. If you don't give me courage, if you are not strong in your mind, if you are not strong, if you refuse to be courageous, you will not be able to possess what I have in stock for you. And that's so true. That's so true. So you need courage to be able to stand up to the enemy. And courage is also equal to strength. That's why the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. When you are courageous, you are strong. When you are courageous, you want to take on things. When you are discouraged, you are down, you are pressed, you are depressed, you are suppressed, you are repressed. That will not be your portion. In the mighty name of Jesus, courage was needed to confront Goliath. If David hadn't been courageous, he wouldn't have attempted Goliath. Goliath was not a small fry. Goliath held the whole army to ransom for 40 days. He was appearing to them in the morning and at night. These were generals. These were people who knew how to shoot. These were people who were harmed. These were people who were military strategists. Goliath was a small fry. But a little boy came on board and he took Goliath on. If that little boy hadn't had courage, Goliath would have eaten the Israelites as means meat. He would have taken them into captivity. So there is need for courage to confront Goliath. And believe me sincerely, there are Goliaths in our lives. And you need courage to fight them, to tell them to get off your territory, to tell them to get off in the name of the Lord. You need courage to confront your Goliaths. It's my prayer, God, to add new courage unto you in the mighty name of Jesus. It will help you even to possess your possessions in the mighty name of Jesus. Courage is equal to strength. So what are these things that boost courage? What are the things that help us to have more courage? How do we go to the next level of courage? The first one I have here is righteousness. Righteousness. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Proverbs 28 verse 1, Proverbs 28 verse 1, it said, the wicked flee when no one pursues. Say, but the righteous are as bold as lion. So righteousness, being in right alignment with God, having a right standing with God, 
confers boldness on you. When you know God is on your side, you are encouraged. When you know God is on your side, you are able to take on demon spirit. It's when you are not sure that God is for you, that's when you are timid. But when you are sure, all years you'll be able to take on giants. The Bible says the wicked man flees when there's no reason at all to run. He flees. When there's no lion pursuing him, he runs. He said, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. He said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. He said, but everything that rises up against you, you will condemn. He said, because he is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. So, in other words, courage, righteousness, being in right standing with God confers courage on you. Uh, you know, there are three kinds of righteousness. The first one is righteousness through right standing. If you're a Christian, you have put your faith in Christ. You stand upon the platform of righteousness. When God sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees Christ in you, who is the hope of glory. Because we are born again, we have a standing with God. We have a righteous standing with God. Jesus was made sin apart from his righteousness. We were made righteous apart from our sins. In other words, somebody who was righteous, who never sinned, the Bible says he became sin so that you and I will become righteous. He was made a sinner apart from his righteous deeds. And so also we are made righteous apart from our sinful deeds. In other words, we stand upon this platform of righteousness. That's why the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. I can go to God and pray, confess my sins, and then go to pray. Because I'm God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. He that knew no sin became sin, that me through him might become God's righteousness. So it's not my own merit. It's the merit of the blood of Jesus that makes me to be able to stand before God. And the Bible says, Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him as what? As righteousness. He also went on to say, but to him who does not walk, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. In other words, God justifies the ungodly. Your faith is in Christ is counted for righteousness. It's credited to your account for righteousness. So there's a position of righteousness. There's what, what I call the posture of righteousness. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that we should take on the old armor of God. Have upon your chest the breastplate of righteousness. So as a righteous son of God, I have this mentality that I'm righteous before God. It's a mindset, breastplate of righteousness. He said you should put on the breastplate of righteousness. So when I'm in battle, I have this mindset look, that I'm righteous not because of me, but because of Jesus. So that's why I'm able to confront the Goliath in my life. Because God is standing by me. I have the mentality. I have the posture of righteousness. Also, you have the practice of righteousness. The Bible says those who are born of God, they do not commit sin. Categorical statement. First John chapter 3 verse 9. Say those who are born of God, they do not. In other words, they don't make a practice of sin. There's a seed of God in you. And that seed, when you allow it, it germinates. That's why we have the fruit of the Spirit. The seed will produce the fruit. So there's a seed of God. There's a DNA of God in you, in your spirit, man. And as you allow God, it becomes easy to live a righteous life. Amen. We are called to live right. He who practices righteousness is righteous. And God enables us. It's not by power. There's a power working in us that enables us even to live right. 
The grace of God enables us. The only reason why you sin is because you want to, not because you cannot. You do what you want to do because you want to. And it's my prayer, God will break every strong will in the mighty name of Jesus. It will cause our will to be submitted to his own will in the mighty name of Jesus. So we have the posture of righteousness. We have the position of righteousness. We also have the practice of righteousness. And of course, he who does righteous is righteous. Another booster to courage is learning to wait on the Lord. Psalm 27 verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and it will strengthen your heart. He said, wait, I say on the Lord. When you wait on somebody, you are hanging around the person. When you have waiters in the restaurant, they are around you. For the time you are going to spend in the restaurant, they are around you. They are looking at you. So when you just beckon, they are there. They are available for you. They are available to serve you. They are available to service you. And when you wait on the Lord, it's just you and God alone. Where do you think David got courage from? David got courage from the backside of the wilderness when he was following the sheep. That was when he was worshipping God. He was alone with God. We are in a society that doesn't encourage people being alone. There's so much benefit where you stay, where you wait on God. There's so much benefit where you create time and it's just you and God. There's so much benefit. And that's why Satan doesn't want us to do it. He tries to jam our lives with so much activity. You are clocking 12 hours every day. You do that seven days a week. Some people don't even come to church. You don't see them in church for one month because they are working Sundays. You have to create time and seek God. There's so much benefit. It is when you create and that's where you hear God talk to you. That's where you hear what to do next. That's where you know what to do next. The Bible says, David said, Say, I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the grace of the Lord in that of the living. In other words, it was in seclusion that David's heart was encouraged that he received strength from the Lord. The Bible says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they will run and not be weary, they will walk and not faint. Say, those who wait on the Lord. He was comparing them to eagles. You know the eagle, as they begin to age, some eagles live up to 70 years, and it's amazing. But when they begin to age, his beak is not sharp anymore, his claws are not sharp anymore, his talons are not sharp anymore. What they do is that they fly to high mountains. They fly to very high altitude, and they will stay there for a while. Allow his beak, his talons, his claws to go off. It will allow new ones to emerge. And it's a process. It will let off the old and take on the new. Say, those that wait, they shall renew. There's a renewal. But it only happens when you wait on the Lord. When you create time to just be with Jesus. When you create time to separate yourself. It could be two hours. It could be two days. It could be, you know, just create time. There's so much benefit. You will hear God talk to you. You'll be encouraged again. You'll be renewed, reinvigorated. You'll be strengthened again as you wait on the Lord. Because, you see, Satan is always talking. And many times his voice is so loud. Satan's voice is so loud and clear that many times you can't even hear God. Goliath was showing up to Saul two times a day for 40 days. He would show up in the morning. He would challenge them. Give me a champion and let's go to war. He would show up again in the evening. He would say the same thing. He did that for 80 times before David showed up. Why do you think he was talking? Why do you think Satan talks loud and clear? Because he wants to inflict fear. He wants to subdue you. That's why the devil talks. And everything is talking. I mean, your algebra is talking against you in class. I mean, everything is talking against you. 
And Satan will now rub it in again. He will grow it in. So Satan's voice is loud and clear. If you read 2 Chronicles chapter 32, there was this king, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, who came against Ezekiah. And the guy was screaming loud and clear. Even when Ezekiah encouraged them, he said, look, go and look at my track record. He just came against them, besieged Judah. He just came and just rode his tank against Ezekiah. And he began to talk to them. That Look, go check my track record. Nobody has ever defeated me. He said, I will defeat you guys. And he was talking. They even went on to begin to speak Hebrew. He was pounding them with words. So in all this Ula Balu, in all this smoke screen, the enemy is causing, it's difficult to hear God. Because he's the one talking. But when you separate yourself a little bit, when you learn to just go with your Bible, with your notebook, and just go be with God, you will hear him. And it will encourage your heart. It will strengthen your heart. He said, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And it will say, wait, I see on the Lord. He repeated it again a second time. Psalm 27 verse 14. His my prayer, God will give you grace. He will also give me grace as well in the mighty name of Jesus. Another booster to your courage is joy. When I was just preparing this message, it just occurred to me. I just remembered the story of a young lady, Liberia. She had two younger siblings. And it was during the war. During the war in Liberia, everything was in chaos. The soldiers were killing people, they were maiming, they were stealing, they were looting. And long story short, they had no food to eat. They were down to the last. They had no food at all to eat. And somehow, this girl just picked up courage. You see, when you are down and out, there's nowhere else to turn to but God. He that is down needs fear no fall. So when you are totally down and out, there's nowhere to look but up. So at times it's good to be down. Because when you still have options, you are still looking around. And she now remember that teacher told them in Sunday school, where you don't know what to do, begin to thank God, begin to praise God. And she gathered her two siblings in hunger, and they began to thank God. They began to praise God, sing songs to God. They were thanking God, thanking God. A few minutes after, they just had this military truck just came to their doorstep, and they saw soldiers come down. And when soldiers come to your doorstep those times, you know you're in trouble. Or maybe the gorilla people. But some people just came and they banged on the door, opened the door. And of course, they opened the door. And as they opened the door, they were expecting the soldiers to just pounce on them, begin to rape and tear them apart. But the soldiers, they began to bring down bag loads of rice and beans and food. And they were dropping it down. And they told her, cook for us. She said, cook this meal for us. And she went on everything she needed. They gave her. And after they ate and sat down, they just left and left the remaining bags of rice. True story. It happened because she was courageous. She rose up in courage that, look, I'm down. What can I do to attract God's favor? And they were thanking God in hunger. And somehow something happened. It's my prayer God will meet with you this week in Jesus' mighty name. Not next, but this week. God will meet with you this week in Jesus' mighty name. Something good is coming your way in the mighty name of Jesus. So joy. Try and retain your joy. That's what marks us out as Christians. And joy doesn't depend on what is happening around you. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Joy is what the Holy Spirit produces in you. It is true when you just get a car, you are joyful, you are thankful. When you fail an exam, of course, you are sad for a little while. But don't let that sadness linger, please. See people failing an exam, say, oh, I'm depressed because you failed an exam. <laughs> I mean, oh, somebody jilted the boyfriend, yeah, then she's depressed. We are not depressed because somebody left our lives. We are not depressed because we failed an exam. You can't be. So joy is a fruit of the spirits. 
So when things are bad, begin to thank God. You are not sad because things are bad. But things are bad because you are sad. You are not sad because things are bad. Things are bad. That second part of it, think about it. Things are bad because you are sad. Because sadness, Satan can smell it. When you are sad, you attract demon spirits. They like you. When you are always down and depressed and repressed and suppressed, they like you. When you are always melancholic, they like you and they will come and visit you. But when you rejoice, you attract angels. These are laws of the spirits. So the atmosphere in heaven is what is joy. The atmosphere in hell is sorrow. So don't leave hell on earth. God didn't die to make you leave hell here. He died to give you a foretaste of heaven. But it's your decision. You have to learn to be joyful even in anticipation of what God will do. The joy of the Lord is your strength and that joy will remain intact in Jesus' mighty name. God will hasten quickly on your behalf in the mighty name of Jesus. Maybe you are down and you are down. I can assure you this week you are going to rise up again in Jesus' mighty name. As you praise God in hunger, in adversity, as you praise God in your pain, that becomes a sacrifice of praise. And God has respect for sacrifice. Your praise will be a sacrifice in the mighty name of Jesus. And as God sees that sacrifice, it will come through for you in the mighty name of Jesus. But you see, if you are not born again, you do have the seed of righteousness in you. Every man who is born is born as a sinner. We have the nature of sin. But when you give your life to Jesus, you now become a partaker of the divine nature. God's righteous nature is infused into you. So you have sinners by nature. And you have righteous people by nature. So I'm not a sinner. I'm righteous. Because I've been made righteous by Jesus Christ. But you also have people who are sinners by nurture. And we also have people who are righteous by nurture. Nurture is where you cultivate something. Where you allow something to first and develop and grow. So even though we are not sinners by nature, but stop nurturing sin. When you allow sin to first and grow, to be carnally minded is death. So yes, we are not sinners by nature, but we don't nurture sin. We nurture righteousness. That seed is within us and we nurture it. You have the capacity to love. But if you are not born again, you have no capacity. The Bible says those who are in sin, they are dead while alive. And there is no more precarious place to be in than being dead spiritually. When you are dead spiritually, you are a mismint in the hands of Satan. He can kick you as ball. He can touch down with you. I mean, Satan can use your head to touch down if you are not born again. You are just existing, just purely by the mercies of God. But you want to be in the winning side. You want to be a victor, an overcomer. You want to be able to say, Satan, leave, and he will go. You want to have authority. It's a good thing to have authority. It's a good thing to pray and see your prayers being answered. It's a good thing to decree and see the decree being established. But you have to give your life to Christ. And you have to begin to nurture that righteous nature within you. You have to begin to train yourself according to righteousness. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.